0: Hey Uprightians, it's Matt Shu from Upright Health, and welcome back to the Upright Health Podcast after a very, very long hiatus. Today's episode is one that's very important if you have ever had joint pain or constant chronic back pain or pain near a joint but not necessarily on the joint. So this is a topic that comes up with clients all the time. Clients will ask, hey, Why is it that you guys are thinking about muscle and getting muscles to balance out joint motion and doctors aren't? And it seems like even many physical therapists aren't. What is it that makes it so that doctors and and other people in the medical profession are not thinking about muscles when it comes to chronic pain? And for the longest time, we didn't really have an answer for this. Um, and it took actually several years. Over the last couple of years, it's become um, a little more clear why this might be happening. And so I wanted to share that with you today. So what you have to remember when you're thinking about the medical system is that In the medical world, there are specialties and subspecialties. Everybody has their own little silo that they are um, experts in, right? They're they're in their own little field and they really specialize in whatever it is that they're supposed to be experts in. And that's fine, right? If you're really good at something, you wanna get to know that one thing really, really well. But what happens in the field of medicine is, you don't have a lot of generalists and you don't have a lot of people who are thinking about the bigger picture. And what you also don't have is people in the different little fields questioning what's going on in the other fields, or you have a very limited amount of that. So how does that play out with joint pain? Well, let's think about this when you look at the medical profession, which specialists are generally considered the experts in joints? So if we think about people who have joint pain, they end up getting referred, first they go to their primary care physician, and then the primary care physician will often send them to orthopedics. Then an orthopedic doctor will say, well, you either do need surgery Or you don't need surgery. So let's think about how that choice gets made and think about what biases come into play as a result of this situation. First we need to remember that orthopedic medicine and particularly orthopedic surgery has its roots in battlefield tents, mostly in World War I and World War II. So the surgeries performed in those situations were to save lives. Somebody has a body part mangled, a surgeon needs to fix something quickly so that person doesn't die. There's a very specific mindset attached to that which is here is my patient, I need to do something to fix this person quickly and then get them off my table and out the door For somebody else to help them with the rest of their journey. Now that's all well and good in a war environment but does that same mentality work when we're talking about aches and pains that people experience in civilian life in modern life in the 21st century? Well probably not. So what's interesting is For orthopedic surgeons, they're often looking for something that's structurally wrong with a joint. So if you say, hey, my shoulder hurts when I put my arm overhead, the the classic response, the conventional response a few years ago was to look at the shape of your bones, the shape of the acromion process, to look at the clavicle and then say, well, your bones are misshapen, Let's reshape the bones surgically and that will solve your problem. Now over time, it turned out with more research that that approach didn't make much sense and it actually is no longer considered the best way to treat somebody with shoulder impingement. In fact, it seems by all evidence these days that the better course of action is to retrain proper muscle function to coordinate the movement of the bones of the shoulder joint to avoid pain. But for years, orthopedic surgeons were adamant that surgery was the best option. So what did that mean when you went to see a primary care physician or when you talked to any other doctor or even a physical therapist? Well, for many years, and even still to this day, you'll you'll hear this, but for many years the uh, the, the undebated truth was that if you had shoulder pain and you failed a couple of shoulder movement tests, the only solution, the best solution was surgery. And that is because who was responsible for coming up with the diagnosis? It comes down to who thought of the explanation? Who is the one who said, hey, going overhead with your hand and arm being painful is a result of bony deformity. The answer is surgeons were the ones who were responsible for coming up with that theory because that's how they're trained to think. They're trained to look for a structural deformity. So now in the case of shoulder impingement, that has turned out with further research not to be true. With spinal surgeries for back pain, for decades, the recommendation for back pain was, well, have a surgeon look at it, have a surgeon look at it. If it doesn't resolve, you probably need surgery. Look at x-rays and MRIs, oh, you probably need surgery. Until it was discovered over time that, in fact, what you saw in x-rays and MRIs didn't really matter and doesn't really have that much correlation to pain. And so now we have, Uh, as a society, taking a step back and the medical community has taken a step back and said, well, okay, wait, wait, maybe this whole surgical approach doesn't make sense to the point where now um, most major medical organizations tell doctors that you should really even avoid x-rays and MRIs for back pain. Of course, now most of the, the regular people out there Um, Most of us just mere patients think, well, okay, I think surgery is the thing that solves back pain because after decades of hearing that, um, we all have to relearn some new information. So that's just multiple examples of how we have supposed joint experts in the medical world, the orthopedic surgeons, with a bias towards surgery, establishing a theory that then doesn't get questioned by other specialties, so nobody else, like the primary care physicians aren't gonna sit there and say, wait, no, I don't think that's true. I think I have a better explanation. You basically just have research being done by surgeons that promote surgery that then spreads this bias throughout the entire medical system to the point where even the physical therapists, when faced with somebody, who have somebody who has some sort of range of motion problem will defer to the theory that the surgeons created. So again, for years, if you had certain kinds of shoulder pain, a PT might say, well, you know, you tested positive on this, this, and this, or sorry, you failed these tests, right? So you couldn't do this, this, and this without pain. Your MRI looks like this. So based on the collective wisdom, Which was established by surgeons, based on the collective wisdom, that means you need the surgery. So go see the surgeon, and then after the surgery, come back to me and I'll help you post surgical with post surgical rehab. So, just by establishing that theory, surgeons create this entire system that drives people into surgery. You say, well, the shoulder problem is a result of shoulder deformity. So if a primary care physician sees that, they say, oh, okay, I see this, I've heard of this. I think though I should have an orthopedic check this. The orthopedic says, oh, okay, well, you know what? Let, you can go ahead and try PT a little bit. We'll do x-rays and MRIs too. You can try PT, it's probably not gonna work, but try it out, see what happens. The PT sees you, helps you, tries to help you, discovers you fail these tests. X-rays and MRIs show that, you know what, you have a bone deformity, supposedly, based on the metrics that a surgeon set up, so you need surgery. So, how does this then affect how we deal with our bodies now? Well, we have to recognize that this pattern is happening, again, with multiple body parts, so it's happened, with the knee right we've discovered that um, knee meniscus surgery is basically no better than a fake surgery a placebo surgery um, and also have discovered that removing the meniscus from the knee despite the very strong fervent belief of surgeons previously we have discovered that that actually seems to worsen people's knees in the long term right? So we have to recognize that when you're thinking about joint pain in the medical world, doctors' ideas about how to get rid of pain are really strongly shaded by a surgical bias. That, that bias shapes treatment from the get-go, from the very first publication of a study by a surgeon to deal or treat with, to treat any kind of chronic pain, from that moment on, there's a very long period of time where doctors are simply going to think about surgery, surgery, surgery as the only option because all of the research on that pain and the way that pain presents is done from a surgical perspective. So the PTs, the the primary care physicians, they're all looking at it In the same way. What we need to do and what people need to do who have pain is really think about whether or not that seems like a safe strategy. What I find is people make the same mistake I used to make in thinking, right? I used to think that the treatments that were on offer were the treatments on offer because they had been tested against other treatments. I used to think, well, yeah, if doctors are telling me surgery is the only way to fix this problem, that means somebody somewhere has already tested multiple other ideas before arriving at surgery. But the reality is that surgery, it's the treatment that is driving the recommendations. It's not actual research, and comparative research that drives the recommendation, at least not for a very long time. And now you might be thinking, well, that, that's, that, that can't possibly be true, right? The, 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 the history you're drawing here, the story, the narrative is kind of crazy. You, you wouldn't just jump to the surgery, you would definitely want to compare stuff. You'd test those treatments first, right? So it's true that over time, surgery does get compared to other treatments. And so far, many, many, many times, surgery fails to beat conservative treatment. But there is a 10 to 20, even 30 year time gap between the the introduction of the surgical treatment and the actual comparative research, and that's where just the regular layman can get screwed, right? Because you assume that comparative research was already done. So it's important to remember that if you have joint pain, that doctors aren't necessarily lying to you. Doctors are not bad people. They're always pretty much well-intentioned, I think. But they don't always have full, complete, accurate information, and they're not always questioning the information they're given. So the classic Contemporary example of this non, that has nothing to do with surgery is actually the whole opiate epidemic in the United States for decades Primary care physicians believed very strongly that opiates were not addictive and they believed this because the people who came up with the treatment path Told them that opiates were not addictive and when we really look more carefully at the whole issue, the, the research to say that opiates were not addictive was non-existent and in fact, had anybody bothered to double check what they're being told, they would have found that in fact, there was no research to support the idea that opiates were not addictive. But it became standard practice for opiates to be prescribed Um, rather easily for pain. I actually, as a 16-year-old, had a pretty severe bout of back pain as a result of an accident at the beach. I just got hit by a wave, and um, my primary care physician at the time, my pediatrician, gave me um, opiates, gave me a bunch of Vicodin. Luckily, I actually hated the the whole experience of Vicodin and didn't get addicted to it, but that could have gone a whole other direction if I had actually enjoyed the feeling. And that's what happens to a lot of unfortunate teenagers, unfortunate adults. They get pain, they've gotten pain, they've gotten into an accident, they've been given opiates with the understanding and the assumption that they would not get addicted because opiates are not addictive, and unfortunately that has turned out to not be true. So if you you can see that pattern play out in pharmaceuticals, it's really the same exact pattern that happens with surgical treatments that get offered for the latest joint issue, right? Whether it's knees, hips, shoulders, spine, that's the exact same pattern that's happened. So the, the group that has the treatment that they think is good and you know will coincidentally make money um, they will popularize that idea they will research the idea present that research and if nobody presents counter research which why would you because you don't really want to take the time to spend the money uh, doing a counter research project Um, then the only research out there says that your treatment works so easy right so as a patient, as somebody with pain, as a person who wants to enjoy his or her life, the onus is on you, the burden is on you to really recognize that even when you are thinking about uh, you know, what a doctor tells you, that you still can't just take it at face value. What they tell you may be well-intentioned, but you still have to do your homework, you still have to do your research and think whether or not this makes sense for you. Now, from our perspective as trainers, as corrective exercise specialists, we think it makes a lot more sense to deal with muscles. That is always the, that has historically been the conclusion to every one of these joint pain episodes whether it's back pain, shoulder pain, knee pain, whatever it is, even foot pain, we've seen this. I haven't found a lot of research on this, but we've definitely seen it with clients. Doing the sur- the surgeries just don't they just don't provide the benefit that justifies the risk. And they're clearly not addressing something that needs to be addressed. These surgeries completely ignore muscle function when we already know muscles affect your movement. Muscles are in fact the organs that control the movement of your bones. So if you have a problem moving, it makes the most sense to start first with muscles before you ever start looking at alleged structural deformities or alleged damage to a bone or alleged damage to cartilage. So if you're out there, you're struggling with pain, I hope this gives you some perspective. The history here is really clear and the patterns are really clear. The burden is on you, the responsibility is on you to understand what is going on and how things go wrong. And it's on you to understand that ultimately to get better, to move better, to feel better, to feel good, requires your action, requires you to learn how to take care of your body, how to take care of your muscles, and how to take care of yourself in, your, in the context of your entire life. If you're looking for ideas on different exercises to help you out, check out our YouTube channel. You can find us at youtube.com slash C um, slash You can also find us at our website at UprightHealth.com. You'll find blog posts that go into uh, more research. Um, you'll find links to videos and all that good stuff to help you understand more about how to take care of your body. And while you're at our website, you can definitely Take a look at the online programs that we have that will help you solve your own problems. Ultimately, it's about conquering the fears that the medical system puts in you. Learn how to then move better, how to retrain the right muscles to establish better balance, and then move ahead. So I hope all these ideas help you out. I hope you find good stuff on our site and on our YouTube channel, and I hope you always remember that pain sucks, life shouldn't.